Welcome to Escape the Earth, a sci-fi podcast broadcasting from an undisclosed location within the San Antonio Public Library. You may have heard of Sapple's other podcast, Tuned In, and we are part of or branch off of that family. And we are also supported by the San Antonio Public Library Foundation. So thank you to them for supporting us. I am one of the hosts. I'm Liz. And I'm Tim. And we will be your co-captains on this journey through space, time, and fantasy because sci-fi fantasy, two sides of the same coin. That's right. So what we do, we're we're kind of like a book club, but we're in podcast form. We'll do sci-fi, we'll do fantasy, we'll do some comic books, maybe some manga, some anime. Maybe we'll even watch a series or some sci-fi movies and talk about those. Each month we'll read and discuss something new. And we'd like everybody to know that this is an adult podcast. So sometimes the conversation may stray into territory that's not for youngling years. If we do that, we'll try to let you know, we'll give you a code word in, I don't know, Dothraki. No, Elvish. Klingon. (laughs) Okay, we'll look up the Elvish word for watch out, cover your ear. Yes. Because I'm sure Um, it's just one word. Oh, yeah, of course not. It's probably like a whole string of words that make no sense. (sighs) And also there will be spoilers, lots of spoilers. So just keep that in mind. But luckily for you, there will be no spoilers today because we're not talking about any specific book today. Today, we are just telling you, our wonderful listeners, kind of what to expect from this podcast and just talk about ourselves so you kind of get an idea of who we are, our backgrounds, and why we love the sci-fi and fantasy genre. So Tim, if you would like to go first, story time. This is just a chance for us to introduce ourselves, right, and uh, tell you how we became fans of sci-fi and fantasy and for me it was through the savage sort of conan comic books i used to read those religiously when i was a kid and i had a huge collection of those and eventually it caused my parents to become concerned that i wasn't reading anything productive And so they took away all my Savage Sword of Conans and told me I couldn't read those anymore, that I had to read actual books. Then I became a fan of the true crime genre. After they saw me reading Helter Skelter and Zodiac, my comic books magically came back. I veered from there. I started reading the Robert E. Howard novels and the L. Sprague de Camp novels. The first actual real sci-fi book that I can say that I read that made an impact on me was Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein. It's about Michael Smith Valentine, a human who was raised on Mars. The Martians are just these beings. They're like, you know, gas. They're almost described as ghost-like. And so he's a physical human. He's brought back here on Earth. Basically, there are a bunch of different religions that hold all the political power. They don't like his belief system. He comes under the care of this uh, attorney, physician. He's not only a doctor, he's a doctor and a lawyer. But he falls under the care of this guy. His name is Jubal. And uh, Michael begins his own religion. And 
you know, of course, the other major players in the arena don't really like that. And he's eventually stoned to death. So it has a very happy ending. That's so biblical, considering <laughs> he was raised on Mars. It is, right? But that's one of the things that I like about sci-fi is that you can explore all these different uh, belief systems without having to enact them. One of the religions, if I'm not mistaken, in, in Stranger in a Strange Land, like, they're okay with you gambling, they're okay with adultery, they're okay with all these sort of things, as long as they happen within the confines of the church. It's not a sin. But the second you do it away from the church, it's a sin. And you're excommunicated in stone. No, I don't know about the stone part. I don't know about the excommunicated <laughs> part. But I do know oh, that... Wow. According to Wikipedia, it's not a sin unless you do it outside the auspices of the, of the church. And over the years, there are a lot of different sci-fi books I've uh -oh. read that have had an impact on me. Difficulties. Uh oh, you're frozen. There you are. You're back. Yeah, same. I was like, uh oh. So there are a lot of sci-fi books I've read over the years that have had influence on me. I love. Slaughterhouse Five and Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut. If you haven't read those, they're great. Cat's Cradle, the main character is one of the fathers of the Manhattan Project, and he invents this particular type of ice This that the second you touch it to water, it freezes it. And he keeps it in his freezer at home. And then when he dies, each of his children, who have various weaknesses and issues, Gets a, get a sliver <laughs> of this piece of ice, right? And uh -huh. various governments exploit their various weaknesses, weaknesses? in order to get oh, these wow. slivers of ice. And at the end, needless to say, the entire ocean is frozen over because one of the oh pieces of ice makes its way in there. For, for Vonnegut, that's one of his more serious ones, and Slaughterhouse-Five is super serious. The rest are kind of quasi-comical. So, but... so the one you were just describing was Cat's Cradle? Yeah, Cat's Cradle. Okay. I've never heard Cat's Cradle described that way. Every time I, I hear Vonnegut, I only hear Slaughterhouse-Five. And then I also just imagine like this super moody... Like, ugh, I'm too smart for the world, teen. Reading it, and I'm just like, I, no, thank you. I don't, I don't want any of that. But with that description, I am interested now. <laughs> All right. Yes. Now it's um, your turn. Yes, it's my turn. Uh, but I do want to say that just, be I mean, I, sh I strongly believe this. Comic books listeners are reading. They are reading. They totally count as reading. And many teachers and librarians will agree with me. I just had to say that. Because I know that is still very much like a stigma with comic books nowadays. I mean, it's not as much anymore, thankfully. But it still is there. So I just had to throw that out there. But anyways. What about so, audiobooks? Yes, audiobooks are reading. In fact, they're a totally different kind of reading experience. Come at me. I will get you resources explaining. Okay, so my introduction to the sci-fi fantasy genre, more so, I guess, the sci-fi than the fantasy, because I think since I've been reading, 
I've always liked fantasy, but maybe more of like that magical realism kind of light fantasy. So it's really sci-fi that I have a an origin story for, so to speak. The book that got me into science fiction was Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. I read this when I was in my teens. I read it on my very first e-reader. I thought it was so cool for having an e-reader. What kind of e-reader was it? It was a Kobo I bought from Borders, RIP Borders, rest in peace. And Kobos are still around. It's not like they're old, but they're definitely not one of the typical e-readers that you encounter nowadays, but they are still out there. But they're not one of the popular ones. Or like the mainstream ones, I guess. I don't know. However you want to think about that. But I bought Ender's Game because I think it was on sale. And I was using my own money for it. Who am I kidding? I was probably using my parents. But anyways, it was cheap. And the cover was cool. So I read it. I really like the fact that the main character was a kid because, I mean, I was essentially a kid. Arguments can be made. I am still a kid. I found that, I guess, relatable, but I also really appreciated that he was a kid being treated like an adult, and he was also a really freaking smart kid. So I love the main character, Ender, which is weird because, another side story, I normally have a hard time as a female reading books with male main characters. Besides the character development, I also really liked the way Card described the world because it basically takes place in space on a giant ship and like on a military academy kind of ship where the military is training these kids to become soldiers. They are using these basically like virtual reality games to to stimulate battles and war that the kids may encounter when they get older the thing is though spoiler alert what they see as games what these kids like ender see as games are not games they are they're real so anytime they are like okay we're gonna do a strategy game and the enemy is this many and this is like where they are what is your plan of attack what do you want your soldiers to do And Ender decides, like, okay, I want, like, I'm going to sacrifice this platoon. I don't know. I don't know military lingo peoples. I'm sorry. He's like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice this group of soldiers. And then this group of soldiers is going to come in from the left and do this and do that. And, you know, and he's just, like, willy-nilly sacrificing people. But he's very good at it. But the thing is, is, like, he thinks it's a game, but it's not a game. And whenever he realizes that, the emotional impact it has on him is so intense and I felt that and I just really appreciated a card writing and the way he he conveyed all that and so I think that's what really sold me was was the character development of Ender and as he progressed throughout the story and how he learns that he basically is responsible for obliterating an entire species and then he's like, I, I'm not okay with this. <laughs> it showed me as a reader who was very new to sci-fi, sci-fi can be accessible. Because going back to stigmas, like with the comic book thing, 
I feel like science fiction still has that stigma of being kind of inaccessible for like the quote unquote average reader. Because, you know, it's very sciencey and it's like all the books are like 400 plus pages and <laughs> it can just be, it could be a bit overwhelming. And so like Ender's Game was accessible and I appreciated that as a teen who had not read it and also like the great quality writing. So that's really what drew me into the sci-fi genre because when I read that and I was like, oh, I kind of want more like that. And granted, I think this was before Goodreads, so I couldn't be like, oh, let me go on Goodreads and see what what does Goodreads recommend for Ender's Game. <laughs> but I mean, over time, like I found similar ones. And with that beautiful ending, yep, I'm done. <laughs> so I, I will say like um, one remarking on M- Ender's Game is that uh, Orson Scott Card really does a great job of bringing the weight of that moment down. He he really nails the tone and the feeling of of that particular section when the sense of betrayal and the dispiritedness that arises out of Ender's realization that he has killed a bunch of people and in the process annihilated an, an entire species it, it was palpable you you could feel what he was feeling and that is an amazing thing and it's very hard for for writers to do and yeah, i agreed the the other thing that's great about science fiction is that people will try and stay away from it because they think it's all going to be like you know, how do they answer the the problem of traveling across solar systems? You know, is there going to be a lot of scientific explanation? Well, in some there is, but science fiction is also a great venue to explore social science and social it issues. Is. It is. And, and I think I gravitate to those questions more, like what what truly makes us human and and what what do we need to have a healthy society and and things of that nature? Um, no, yeah. In fact, a book just popped into my mind when you said that. It is, it's by River Solomon. They go by they, so they don't go by he or she. And it's ah, oh, I can picture the cover. It's something with ghosts. I'll put it in the show notes because I can't remember it right now. It's the first book, and. And, like, it seems kind of intense with, like, the sci-fi stuff. And, like, whenever they were describing certain mechanical stuff, I was like, phew, way over my head. And my brain just, I don't know. My brain just basically, I think, mushed Star Wars and Star Trek into, like, something in my brain. I was like, this is what they're talking about in terms of visualizing it. But, like, that wasn't the main point. The main point was, as you said, Tim, the social aspects. So I will, yes. I will leave the book that I can't remember the name of in the show notes, but that's what it made me think of. So yes, you're right. Hey, I need to mention like, this is our second or third attempt at recording this because we're, we're new to podcasting and I'm not a very good audio engineer, but I'm trying. And so last time, (laughs) last time we recorded this, there was another book that I mentioned and I was sitting here racking my brain earlier, trying to remember what that book was, and I just could not do it. 
you know, I remember my my story about Conan and all that because that was my entryway. But there was mm-hmm. another book that I thought we had discussed, and I thought like it was a really poignant discussion, and I just can't remember it. And that's what happens when you get old. The other thing that we should that we should mention is that everything that we discuss here, all the books that we discuss here, are available for checkout at the San Antonio Public Library. I think next month we're going to be discussing The Gods of Jade and Shadow by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. And, yes. Uh, Which, and- guess what, guys? I just saw on Instagram. She has another book coming out this year, like in April and May, and I'm so excited. Totally irrelevant other than that she wrote it. <laughs> so, no, I mean, that's that's good. Did you Did you read Mexican Gothic also? I did also read Mexican Gothic. And whoo wee! I that was so uncomfortable that entire book, especially at the end. I was like, "Ugh, this is." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, this this is so gross. This is so gross." <laughs> and I right. did that on audio, so because I tried reading it, and for some reason, I just I can't do. I do better with audiobooks now. I think it's because like I like to multitask. And like, you know, audiobooks are a great way to like do stuff and read and get all your reading done. But only if the narrator's good. And the narrator, I had to I had to work with her. So if you're a picky audiobook listener, you may have to kind of get through her narration, but it actually works with the story. But anyways, yes. Getting back to sci-fi stuff, now that I totally, as usual, segued the conversation. Um, if you like what our podcast is offering to you please rate review and subscribe to us on your podcast catcher listening app of choice you can find our book list reviews and suggested reads on our goodreads page so you can just go to goodreads and search for sapl so sapl escape the earth if you want us to read and talk about a book you can email us at sapl escape the earth so sapl escape the earth all mushed together at gmail.com we would love to hear your feedback your suggestions your thoughts if you find out something really interesting in the sci-fi geek culture we would love to know about it and then we kind of like random things too yeah Yeah, if you have anything really random but related bring it on yes random more random the better in fact i had something that i was going to talk about except of course now that we're recording i can't remember it but yeah thank you for listening we hope you liked what you hear we like to have fun we like to talk about books yes we're at heart book nerds and we could do this all day yes literally all day and actually we do pretty much all day (laughs) excellent yeah all right well have a great night everybody or a great day or whatever time it is wherever you're listening and uh we'll see you next month when we talk about uh the gods of jaden's shadow yes see you then bye escape the earth